You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. This morning we're continuing the series, Getting Into Shape. One of my friends recently told me, he said, hey pastor, I'm in shape, round is a shape. I said, hey, that's not the kind of shape we're talking about. We're talking about getting into shape, not just physical shape, but really what we're focusing on in this series is getting into shape, spiritually speaking. We're talking about exercises and disciplines that we can embrace that help us uh, grow in our faith, to get into shape, spiritually speaking. Now, certainly we need to take care of our physical bodies. And there's disciplines that we need to embrace in that process, but of, of greater value for us is to grow ourselves spiritually, to be about an ongoing process of spiritual development. And it's the spiritual disciplines that we've been talking about that really help us achieve that goal. But, it, but to get into shape, whether we're talking physically or spiritually, it requires action, right? Like you cannot just like sit in the recliner at home eating chocolate chip cookies and get into shape, right? But it requires some action. If you're going to get into physical, it's the same for us spiritually speaking. It requires some action. And there's so many parallels as we think about physical, uh, getting into physical shape and getting into spiritual shape. There's so many parallels. As I was saying this, I thought, you know, to get into physical shape, there's three things that's absolutely necessary. You need discipline, you need diligence, and you need a means. Discipline in that you do what you know you need to do even if you don't want to do it. That's what discipline is. Diligence in that you're consistent in the process. In other words, you're staying after it. And the means is like, what kind of equipment are you going to use to achieve your goal? Listen, it's the same for us spiritually speaking. If you're going to get into shape spiritually, it requires the same three things. What? Discipline, diligence, and a means. And the spiritual disciplines, the spiritual disciplines are the means. And they're the tools, if you can think of it that way, the tools that help us open our lives in a greater way to God's Word, that help us uh, grow in this area of godliness. But it does require action on our part. And just as getting into shape physically requires you to consistently embrace the process, so, is the, same for, so the same is true for us spiritually speaking. And that's the challenge. The challenge, the challenge when it comes to getting into shape is what? It takes work, right? How many of you know, it doesn't hurt at all to talk about getting into shape, right? I mean, like we could just talk about that all day and that doesn't make any of us sweat. It doesn't make any of us uncomfortable. But the challenge part is what? It's doing it. I, I came across, I came, as in my studies this week, I came across a couple funny cartoon clips that made me chuckle about about exercise and the challenge of exercise and since it made me laugh I thought maybe it would make you chuckle so let me share with you some of my great theological discoveries this week <laughs> from the minions right I did a push-up today well actually I fell down but I had to use my arms to get back up so close enough now I need chocolate <laughs> isn't that great here's the second one I exercised once, but found out I was allergic to it. My skin flushed, my heart raced, I got sweaty and short of breath. Very dangerous. But this is my favorite. Don't forget, you are what you eat. I need to eat a skinny person. (laughs) Well, just as you cannot eat a skinny person to get skinny, so you cannot become spiritually fit just by going to church. 
I'll just drop one on you. Let me say it again. Just as you cannot become spiritually, uh, just as you cannot become skinny by eating a skinny person, so you cannot become spiritually fit just by showing up at church on Sunday. Listen, I'm glad you're here. I think it's healthy to come together to worship. Worship was sweet this morning. To be encouraged, to be challenged. But if we're going to grow spiritually, it requires more than just attending a worship service. It requires some action. It requires, it requires some work on our behalf. That's why Paul, the Apostle Paul, challenges us with these words. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Verse 7 and 8, our theme verse for this series. It's on the screen. So let's read it together. Would you read this with me? Train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Notice Paul says here that physical training is of some value. In other words, listen, you need to be exercising. Hear me, friend. Take care of your physical body. Steward well. Steward well the physical body that God's blessed you with. But notice he says there's something of greater value. And and what's of greater value is spiritual training. He says it has value both today and for all eternity. To benefit you in the here and now, but to benefit you in the forever of life. And that's why we want to consistently embrace a process of training ourselves. A, a process of spiritual discipline. Listen, just as a gym has all kinds of equipment for physical training to make us physically fit, so the spiritual disciplines are the means to spiritual fitness and godliness. Last week, in this series, last week we talked about the first two spiritual disciplines we talked about prayer and fasting the dynamic duo of prayer and fasting and this is what we said last week we said we want to be those who 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 are building this rhythm of prayer into our daily life so what's prayer it's talking with god we want to consistently continually find ourselves we're just talking with god it's a discipline that opens our lives in a greater way to god's transforming grace and then we said There's prayer and then there's fasting. What's fasting? Fasting for spiritual purposes is this. It's abstaining from food for a period of time so that God can encounter you in your life. It's denying yourself so you can open your life in a greater way to God's work. The God's refining work in your life. So prayer and fasting today we want to talk about two additional disciplines that are not talked about much in the church we don't talk much about these two yet i've come to discover they're really valuable really significant as we're training ourselves to be godly so today we want to talk about silence and solitude silence and solitude. listen these are not disciplines for monks just for monks in the monastery right for every, every Christ follower, we need to be thinking about what? Silence and solitude. Now, I thought about having us like practice these two disciplines and like I, we would just all sit here quiet for 25 minutes. I would say amen and we would go home. Uh, and then I thought, well, maybe I should like talk a little bit about it to inform you of the benefit. And then hopefully this week you can, you can actually put these two disciplines to work. But, but as we think about silence and solitude, let me tell you why these two disciplines, I believe, are so valuable for us. 
the two greatest obstacles, I think, in our lives today, keeping us from engaging dynamically in a relationship with God, the two greatest obstacles are noise and pace. Noise and pace. So what keeps us from truly opening our lives in a greater way to God? What keeps us from truly engaging God in our lives, the work of the Holy Spirit? Noise and pace. We live in a really noisy world. Constant noise all around us. And then pace alive. We're moving so fast. That's why these two disciplines are so significant for us as we're training ourselves to be godly. So we have silence and solitude. Let me define these two disciplines for you. First is this. Silence is the spiritual discipline of voluntarily and temporarily refraining from speaking so that certain spiritual goals might be sought. That's silence. Solitude is the spiritual discipline of voluntarily and temporarily withdrawing to privacy for spiritual purposes. Now with both of these disciplines, we're simply creating space and opportunities so that God can speak to us and so that we can hear His voice. We're intentionally setting aside time in our busy, fast-paced lives to actually rest in God's presence. There's a concept. To rest in God's presence. We're creating moments to reflect and meditate on the goodness of God. Have you ever been in a like really crowded room where everybody's trying to talk at the same time and there's a lot of activity? If you're in a really crowded room and everybody's trying to talk at the same time, how many of you know it's really hard to listen? Right? Especially for me. I'm almost deaf anyway. But if you put me in a crowded room where everybody's talking, if you're talking to me, I'm probably nodding to you like this, but I'm not hearing a thing that you're saying. <laughs> I, I, I can't hear. I can't focus. What? There's too much noise. There's, there's too much activity. And the same thing. Anything happens in life. That's why the spiritual, the spiritual disciplines of silence and solitude are so valuable for us. Now listen to what the Scripture says. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, in repentance and rest. Notice, in repentance and rest. In your sermon notes, you might underline that word rest. In the rest is your salvation. And notice he goes on to say, in quietness and trust is your strength. So in this passage of Scripture, we have God addressing the people of Israel, saying, hey, in quietness. And stillness and silence and solitude is your strength. In other words, God's saying, as you find yourself in the quiet places, I can bring my strength for you. But may we, but may we not be like the children of Israel. No, the scripture goes on to say they would have nothing to do with it. Too busy, too active, not enough time to listen, not enough time to hear. There's certainly times for words and worship and prayer, but we also need to create space in our lives just to be quiet before God. And that's what silence and, and solitude, the two disciplines are all about. You know, Jesus, Jesus certainly understood the necessity of silence and solitude. Matter of fact, four different passages of Scripture in the Gospels says something like this. That Jesus withdrew to a solitary place. He withdrew to a place where he could have silence and solitude. Now, this is what I would submit to you this morning. Listen, if Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who was fully God, needed silence and solitude, how much more do we need silence and solitude? Again, to create space in our lives 
where we can hear from God, where we can, where we can receive from God in our lives. You know, there's some challenges, though, that, that I think really restrict us or challenges that we have to overcome to get to silence and solitude. Remember, real quick, let me give you four challenges. I think the first, the first challenge of silence and solitude is the noise of our world. We just live in a really noisy culture. I don't know if you've noticed that, but everywhere we go, what there's noise. There's constant noise. I think a, a second obstacle to silence and solitude is, is pressure-packed lives and schedules. I mean, we fill our lives and we fill our schedules to the point that there's no room. There's no room for, for time to be quiet. There's no room for us to be still before God. I, th- I think a third challenge to silence and solitude is that we're addicted. In our culture, we're addicted to activity. Go, go, go. I know for me, this is like these two disciplines of silence and solitude are a real challenge for me personally. Because it's kind of the way I'm wired, type A driven. Got to be doing something. Got to be active. I got to make something happen. I mean, that's just kind of the way God's wired me. So I have to really work at silence and solitude because um, this is open confession. This is the open confession of your pastor this morning. I am addicted. My name's Farrell and I'm addicted to activity. (laughs) You know how you're addicted to activity? You're sitting at home trying to relax and you can't relax because you feel guilty because you're not doing something. Tells you you're addicted to activity. You can't Sabbath because you're addicted to activity. Keeping us from what? Silence and solitude. The means through which God trains us in God. Here's a fourth challenge. And I think this is a challenge for all of us today. It's this. It's the distraction of technology. And we love our technology, right? So much so that we're ruled by technology. There's a fear of being without technology, being without your phone. Interesting, I'm not making this up. There's a new word for the fear of being without technology. Here's the word nomophobia. Nomophobia. It's the fear of being disconnected from your phone, like you, your battery runs out. There's an anxiety connected to that. Or you, you lose service and you can't use your phone. Nomophobia. We're so, we're so attached to our technology that it becomes a hindrance to silence and solitude. It, it, come to my home one evening and have dinner with us with two teenagers and try to have conversation with them in the midst of... This is, this is what we have become accustomed to saying every meal in our home. Please put the cell phone down. We're addicted to technology to the point that like, it becomes a distraction to silence and solitude. So why, why do we need to lower the noise in our lives? Why do we need to make time for silence and solitude? Let, let me quickly give you three benefits or three blessings. I could give you many, but let me narrow it to three. The first is this. When we embrace the discipline of silence and solitude, we can better hear the voice of God. And I would submit to you this morning, the problem is not that God's not speaking. I believe God is speaking. You know what the problem is? I think the problem is is we're not listening. We're not listening. What? 
We're too busy. We're t- there's too much noise. We can't hear. And one of the great benefits of silence and solitude is it creates space. It brings us still before God so that we can hear the whisper of God. Listen, most of the time, most of the time, God doesn't yell at you. Most of the time, it's that quiet whisper of the Spirit. God revealing, God encouraging, God affirming, God transforming. But silence and solitude helps us better hear the voice of God. Here's a second benefit of silence and solitude is that we regain a spiritual perspective. Sometimes our lives get so rushed and so pressured as we're processing multiple demands, as we're navigating stressful situations, that we can lose perspective. I know there's been times in my life personally where just the reality of life, the pressures of life, the stress, the demands, the crisis, the problems, all that I'm processing through, like I lose perspective. And in those times and seasons where I've stepped back and had some time for solitude, stepped back to create space for God, it's amazing how my spiritual perspective is renewed. It's like, oh, now I see the big picture. Now I I have greater understanding. Listen, those those experiences happen when we create space as we embrace these disciplines of of silence and, and solitude. Here's a third benefit of silence and solitude is that we're physically and spiritually restored. In other words... Silence and solitude, if you can think of it like this, it's like stopping at the gas station to fill your tank. It's an opportunity to get refueled. Listen, even, as, even those closest to Jesus needed but to be refreshed, to be refueled, physically and spiritually restored. There's a time in Scripture where Jesus says to the disciples, they've been like several days of just really busy ministry, lots of people, lots of crowds, lots of activity. And Jesus said, wow, a lot's been going on. Let's get away. Matter of fact, listen to what he said. It's recorded in Mark 6.31. Jesus said to the disciples, come with me by yourselves, get this, to a quiet place and get some rest. A quiet place. Why? So you can be restored. You can get some rest. Listen, we're no different than the disciples. The demands and pressures of life can drain us physically and spiritually. But through silence and solitude, what we can refuel and restore our lives. Some benefits, some, some blessings of silence and sol- solitude. As I said earlier, these two disciplines are not just for the monks in the monastery. I think oftentimes that's how we think about silence and solitude. Well, that's just for, you know, the priests. That's just for the monks. That's just for those who are withdrawing and in solitude. They walk around all day saying nothing, just humming. That's for those weird people. That's, I mean, silence and solitude is not for me. And I would say it absolutely is for you. Two disciplines that can help train us to be godly how can we how can we work it out how can we how can we live this out just as i kind of 
been trying to process this in my own life. As I confessed earlier, this is an area that I struggle in personally, silence and solitude. I want to leave you this morning with three simple suggestions that, that might help you. It's helped me. That might help you implement these two disciplines of silence and solitude into your life. The first suggestion I would give you is this. Choose to reduce the noise in your life. Choose to reduce the noise. Here's a question for you. What is one noise that you could cut from your day or schedule this week so that you might be able to hear God's whisper more clearly? One noise. Maybe it's turning off the TV for an evening. Listen, it wouldn't kill you. Or maybe, again, let's keep this simple. Maybe it's driving down the interstate one day without the radio on. Just quiet. Or maybe it's going home one evening and putting away technology and leaving it away all evening. Creating space. And this is what I know. We we cannot totally remove the noise of our culture, the noise of our world today, but what we can do is we can reduce the noise that we can better hear the voice of God. That we can better receive His transforming grace in our lives. Here's a second suggestion. Schedule silence and solitude into your life. In other words, make it a priority. And one of the things I've discovered is if you don't run your life, life will run you. If you don't run your life, life will run you. So today, make a decision that silence and solitude is a valuable dis- are valuable disciplines to the point that you're going to schedule it. It's what I had to do in my life. Because again, I kept waiting for it to happen, and guess what? It didn't. I scheduled it. Silence and solitude for me happen every day early in the morning. I get up early before the family gets up, before noise starts happening in our house. And I just, some of it's I read the Bible, some of it's I worship, some of it's I pray. And I create some time where I just sit and soak. I just sit. And listen, I just sit and rest. Sometimes I hear nothing and sometimes I'm amazed at how the Holy Spirit encounters me in the moment. I would say for me personally, it's those moments of silence and solitude early in my day that are the most critical moments of my day that set me up for the rest of the day. I just schedule it. Why? Because it's, it's valuable. It's important. What might it be like for you? Maybe you're not an early person. Listen, it doesn't have to be early. You're coming to the 11 o'clock service. I would probably think you're not an early riser. They were here at 8 o'clock. The early may not be it, but find that place. Listen, put it on your calendar. Put it in your schedule. And here's the third way. And again, for me, it's got to be really simple. Here's the third suggestion I would have. Capture moments for what I call spiritual pauses. Capture moments. These are those two or three or five minute times of silence in which you you just stop and 
And you're still before God, allowing His Spirit to encounter you, to refresh you, to renew you. These are, these are those moments in the day that you capture to recalibrate yourself. So let me give you an illustration of how it works for me. If I'm here at the office, if I'm at my desk, I'll just push away from my desk, put my head back on the office chair, and I'll take 90 seconds just to breathe. Just to be quiet. It's just a spiritual pause. Two minutes maybe. Sometimes I'll get up from my desk and I'll actually go out and make a lap around the building get this without my cell phone. Imagine. Just a spiritual pause in my day to create a moment that I might be refueled, refreshed. To create a moment where I might be able to better hear the voice of the Father. Again, folks, don't make it complicated. Don't make it difficult. So we all have places where we can create those, what I call spiritual pauses. Those moments of, of silence. Because here's the reality for most of us in the room today. I know this is probably not true for all. But for most of us in the room today, our lives are too loud. Our schedules are too busy. And we become addicted to the noise. Listen, if you want to hear the voice of God, silence is key. If you want the Spirit of God to fill you, you're going to have to be still. If you want to grow in godliness, you've got to build silence and solitude into your busy, busy life. I want to leave you this morning with this verse of Scripture, Psalm 46.10. The psalmist inspired by the Holy Spirit wrote these words. Get this, be still and know that I'm God. Notice he didn't say be busy and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. Be still and come to a greater understanding of who God is as he reveals himself to you. Be still. Well, Lord, we need help. I need help. Lord, as we're training ourselves to be godly, as we're, as we're opening our lives, God, to that of Your transforming grace in a greater way. And what I know is there's a lot of noise in our world today. What I know for, maybe not everyone, but a lot of folks in the room, God, our schedules are crazy. No, we're not, we're not real good at silence and solitude. So we just admit that this morning. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to help us. Lord, as, as I just mentioned, these three simple suggestions. Holy Spirit, help us to work that out this week. To reduce the noise in one area. To lower the noise. To schedule into our lives some, some time of silence, some solitude. And Holy Spirit, help us capture those spiritual pauses. We're in the midst of a busy, hectic day. Maybe when the kids are going crazy or the, the boss is demanding all of these. Holy Spirit, help us to, to take those spiritual pauses just to breathe. To breathe in the life that you have for us. Holy Spirit, help us to know that these are not two disciplines just for the monks in the monastery, but it's for everyday folks like us. Lord, what I know 
as we begin to exercise these disciplines, God, what's going to happen is we're going we're to find ourselves getting into shape. We're going to experience you in a greater way. And we're going to grow in our knowledge of who you are. So Holy Spirit, we just ask this morning, Lord, I pray this not only for myself, but all of my friends here today. Holy Spirit, help us to walk this out. Help us to work this out, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.